Hello, marketing interns. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Before we get to the content of Podcast 56, let me tell you about our longtime sponsor, MB Outdoors. They are here for the veterans. They have built a brand dedicated to the people that love the outdoors and want to optimize their time being on the waters or being in the backcountry. MB Outdoors is creating a brand from the weekend camper to the avid outdoorsman. They have teamed up with a handful of adventurers who live the brand values through their love for their outdoors and adventure. The MB, the MB Ambassador Program hosts a variety of teammates from world travelers to guitar players. You want to see around this campfire? You're going to want to head over to mboutdoors.com and check them out on Instagram at mboutdoorsofficial. For more details, you know, join the team, do your research, find out more about them, go on to their website, search their apparel, anything that you like, put in your cart, and when you hit checkout, use promo code back pocket to receive 15% off. That's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T. And before we get to the start of this podcast, let me tell you about one more thing. This is the Marketing Intern Spotlight. The Marketing Intern Spotlight is directed at all of our listeners who want to be on the podcast. When you are in the area, in the Twin Cities, reach out to us. Monday through Friday, after 5.30, we want you guys to come into the studio and have a conversation with us. This is time deserved for you guys. You guys have earned it. You guys have allowed our brand to grow into something that we believe is truly impactful. So reach out to us. We Our email is posted on all our social medias. Leave a comment or subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, on YouTube, and we will see it. And we can arrange a time for you guys to come in and have a conversation with us. You guys deserve it. You have earned it. The Marketing Intern Spotlight is for you. That's enough talk about our pre-show, pre-roll. Let's hit that intro music. Enjoy the ride. Today is July 2nd and the boys from the back pocket are here. We are having a good time. Decky Brown, how are you? We're great. Andy full-time. Andy full-time, yes. Congrats on your job. You're here, you're now, you're cleaned up lakes. How is it, man? Job is doing well. I'll talk about it a little bit later, but you know, I'm loving the job to say the least. You know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about it on the back end. So I can't wait for it, but before we get there, we have a great podcast today. We got a little eye in the sky, a back pocket eye in the sky for you. We're going to get to our average quality, but we have probably one of our favorite guests we've ever had on our show today, Giselle Ugardi, mm-hmm. phenomenal guest, first ever guest in our new podcast studio. Yeah, and it was really cool hearing her story as a talk show host. I mean, she's kind of doing what we are doing. She's on a live show, uh, 96.3 from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., and her story was really cool. She um, was able to self-present herself in a way that... Um, not many people can, and she's got a lot of self-awareness in her life, and her story was awesome. So I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. But before we get to that, let's kick it off with our average quality. And this goes hand-in-hand with the interview that we just had. Giselle sat in our new throne that I brought up, uh, that my father said, hey, you guys are looking for a throne, I got a perfect chair for you. It was in our basement, We brought I brought it up in the Subaru, and uh, we thought everything was going to be golden. But lo and behold, this is our average quality this week. I mean, but that is something that we expected, right? We were... 
we were so stoked about the new throne. Like, hey, let's throw let's throw something into our new studio that's going to make us who we are, right? We're doing something that no one else is doing. And you know what? When you do something new like that, there are problems that are going to occur, right? One of the problems and one of our average qualities this week about the throne is there's like a ring on the top. And every time you move, like anytime you do a hand motion, anytime you sit back, lean forward, it just rattles like... It's a ring that it sits... And you'll hear it, right? Yeah, it hangs outside of the front of the chair, so it just rocks back and forth and rattles. And the whole time you're going to hear it. It's uh, It definitely dilutes the audio a little bit. But like you said, when you do something new, there's unexpected that occur, and this was one of them. So now we know we're going to just tape it. Yeah, we're going to tape it down. We're going to throw a little bit of engineering at it, right? What are you going to do when something rattles? you you got to secure it. you got to prevent it from rattling. So, yeah, got it. we got to climb that hill. we got to conquer that hill. We gotta make sure there's no rattle because this mic literally picks up everything, mm-hmm. which is why the like the AC's on right now. Should we turn that off? Yeah, we should probably turn that off. Okay, let's turn that off real yeah. quick. We'll, we'll take a right quick back. pause, time out, and we're gonna turn the AC off. <laughs> Audio is better now. Would you agree, Deck? Yeah, I think the marketing interns. Yeah, I think I hope the marketing interns agree with us, but I think the audio is significantly better now. We also got the uh, Velcro sheets slash door. I don't know. We're we're. Hopefully that eliminated the echo. We'll find out in a little bit. But, you know, back to our average quality. Giselle was sitting in the throne, making the noise. Andrew, anything before that? Yes. Well, this is kind of where I wanted to lead in with it. So I arranged the room. I brought the throne up. We brought these new chairs in here because the chairs squeak. So we're trying to improve. Like we said, we know where we were at fault. We had squeaky chairs and we didn't have a chair for our guest. So what do we do? We improve the feng shui. And we bring in the throne. We bring in non-squeaky wooden chairs and I didn't arrange them properly. Giselle didn't like her angle. Fair. Bad bad move on my end. Sure. Declan will take the bad angle. Like, I will sacrifice anything for our future guests. So, for future guests, just understand, if you don't like your angle, make it better. I, I sacrifice the bad angle. I probably look horrible in these next videos. Hey, no, you look great. Okay. Uh, allegedly. Man. Appreciate that. No. But then she... We arranged the chairs new, in a new fashion, and put her in the middle. So, Deck and I were to the right and the left of her. Well... Going forward, I don't think that's the best way to go about it because then she's panning back and forth trying to talk to each o- talk to each of us um, equally, but it's not as easy as you think when you're just looking back and forth. Like, it's, you're going to get a headache. It's kind of a lot. Like, you're talking to an audience, but at the same time, it's like me and you. It like, mm-hmm. doesn't need to be that hard. No, we're so next time, the, the throne is going to be over here, and we're going to be over here mm-hmm. for our YouTube listeners. They can see here and, and here. here. No, you're t- entire, entirely right, Andrew. I... I'm on board. Let's do it next time. Let's get it going. I'm excited. I think that's really where it's going to add up because then you're not blocking everything that we want to show. Like exactly. We're the chair here, and she's like, well, I don't really like what's going on. Well, everything that was going on was behind her. So, And she was like, it's not personal enough. I was like, we have like two whole things. We have one thing dedicated to get Declan right here. Yeah. We have another thing dedicated to Andrew right here, and we have an entire mural dedicated to both of us. Right there. So we got to, hey, that's not us though. It's 100% that's on us. She didn't see it. We got to be better. A trap in the puck, or else is life got to be better? Well, we found out with a little recurring segment, Eye in the Sky. Mm. This week, Eye in the Sky came from Giselle's little self-awareness. This kind of reignited a flame in us to have a little more sensory acuity, to go back up into the sky, fly around, and figure out the boxes of life can be encaged in a way that is unpleasing. Yeah, and I want to say, you know, boxes of life. I would even go stages of life. I mean, you don't know what's outside of that box until you live inside it for a little bit, right? You'll hear her say, 
these boxes of life that she literally lived in. Like she said, the 23rd year of her life, her Michael Jordan year was the worst year. And she was living inside that box. And she thought she had broke out of the first box of, you know, being uh, a Latino and, and, you know, all the stereotypes that come with that. She broke out of that, but then she just entered into a bigger box. What Andrew and I are trying to do with the Eye in the Sky is, you know, see, trying to break out of that box right away, trying to understand what's going on around us to better understand life, to better understand where we should go and better understand what people are doing around us. So where have we seen uh, a little box enclosed on us right now? Well, we currently tell everyone asking where we are living. We say we're living in Uptown. And their immediate reaction is, oh, you're in Hipsterville 24-7. Hipsterville Central, someone would may say. Millennial Central, maybe. Exactly. No, I would. I disagree with that. There is definitely a wide range. Uh, millennials are the predominant, but there's a very, definitely a wide range of um, groups living. Age, yeah, age oh, it's it's all over the place, mm-hmm. right? I millennials is definitely not the way to describe it. It's hipsters, a lot of tattoos. They don't go outside a lot, and you know what? That's the reality. But that's not us, right? We don't we don't succumb. To well, those I kind disagree. Of I don't think that's the reality of this place. They're not looking at it enough. They got to give it more of a whole perspective. They're just looking at a circle, or they're looking at blobs. They're a demographic. Not a demographic. They got to look at the whole picture. Because that's not only with just Uptown, that's with every stage. There is those um, visuals that definitely stand out, but are you giving it a chance? I no. don't know. No, and like people are saying, oh, you guys are like living in the real world now. It's like, really? What do you mean? We're t- still 22. We just graduated, what, five, seven weeks ago? Almost two months ago? Roughly. I don't know what it is, but we're not we're not in college anymore and people are like oh you're in the real world. like you're in the real world. like what are you guys doing how how is it right i mean yeah some of it is different than college but it's not necessarily the real world like, what, what is mean? what is the real world right it's so easy for someone to say you're in the real world now like how do you feel like what's the real world like someone from in the college asking that question or someone as like the 40 year old saying how's the real world what i mean i i guarantee you it's much different granted there are a lot more stresses like bills um, living on your own without the schedule of academics is much different. But to call that the real world, so you're stopping, you're just going to stop learning. Is that is that the real world? Like you're not going to segment off time in your day where you go to class. Now you don't do that, so that's real. Yeah, so you're not, ex- right? No, you're you hit it right on the head. Right? It's like, are we going to stop learning all of a sudden because we're not, you know, being forced to learn? I mean, you're in a job where you're doing something totally different and you're probably asking yourself right now if you're sitting at your desk, like, what have I done in college that has even applied to what I'm doing now? Is that the real world? No, it's like, no, you have to adapt and go ahead and go forward with your life. You know, there's so much more that life has to offer. There are different struggles for every single person. There are, like, she said, uh, Giselle, again, not to refer back to it again, but we're all, we're 22, 23, 24. None of us have any idea what we're doing, right? No. We are, Whether you're 40 or you're 21. Exactly. You're, you're 70 years old or you're uh, just had your first kid. You literally don't know what you're doing. You're trying to figure it out. Right. And it's, you may have a general idea. You may have those goals like, yeah, I want to start a family one day. Or yeah, I have my first kid. Now I'm looking for my second kid. Or I have my three kids. Now I'm helping to grow those three kids. Mm-hmm. Or you want your promotion. You want to start working out more. Different goals, different hobbies, different life um, obstacles. Yeah, and and it's all about the different stages of life, those different boxes, right? 
the boxes always keep coming. You're never just on the outside of the entire globe looking down, knowing how everything works. No, there's always a different obstacle. There's always a different box that you're living in that you're always generalized towards. You know what? When you're 50 and you're more wise than the 22-year-old guys like Andrew and I, well, you are still, you're going to have more input on our lives and help us out, right? But you have your own problems. You have your own decisions to make about retirement and what you're going to do at the final stages of your job and what your career career really means to you. I mean, we can't really staunchly say those things, but we have a general idea. Those probably are some, not problems or maybe issues, things, adversity curveballs that are being thrown in your life. Mm-hmm. And is, are, is the real world that they're referring to the thing that it's just like a monotonous routine where you, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, you may work out, you may do some yoga, some meditation, something to help your health and benefit your mind in those regards? Or is it, um, so, and then you come home and you, you have dinner, you, you're after that, you're doing your dinner, and then you go to bed, and then you do the same thing over again. Is that the real world? There, but then it go and that, that might be what they're referring to, but then you go back to exactly what you're saying. That's a box that you're putting on you. You're limiting to that to yourself. If you don't want to be in that box, have a little bit more awareness. Um, but overall, this little awareness came to me, came to us, when uh, I was sitting at dinner with Faith the other night, and I called this the real world, what I'm doing. Like I said that, and she looked at me and she like, well, didn't, don't you always say how you hate how people call the real world? And I'm like, I literally just caved into this box. And I, like, I was like, Faith, thank you so much for t- calling me out on that because I was totally in the wrong. Forget the real world. You're already in it. We're all breathing the same air. Let's trap the puck and move on. Yeah, move on. It's your life. Don't even on the real world. Mm-hmm. Just just live your life. Do what you want to do. Simple as that. I would say even uh, let's let's even go the eye in the sky for podcasters, right? That's definitely something we need to be it's a whole other, aware of. It's a whole other flip side. It's mm-hmm. how you grow your business. It's what you're being aware of around you in that specific realm. Yeah, it's part of life, but it's also way more toned down and way more specific to what we're trying to do. And to be a little bit more aware, there are those stereotypes of just what is a pod, like who are the demographics doing the podcast? Well, it's typically two dudes sitting in front of a mic having a conversation. Well, that could be, uh, again, that's a probably a part of it. And people may look at us like that. They're just, hey, these are a couple of knuckleheads that are just talking to a mic, having a conversation, no organization, no business, no platform. Why, why are they keep doing this over and over again each week? But those are the people that don't give us the thought and the time of day and give us the awareness of the, the time of the tribulations that we go through and trying to grow. Because granted, that's what we may have been at the beginning, but where we are now? Completely flip side, right? And it was awesome to see our very first hater on our iTunes page. And so, I mean, we have like 70 something five star reviews and we have one, one, one star review and I don't know who it is and I don't really care, but it was really cool to see like, it's two dudes in a mic that shouldn't have a mic that are just talking about nothing, no purpose, no direction, no why. That was like the, the bad review. review. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool. Like that challenged us, right? That was something I sent to you and you're like, look at this guy, right? And, like, yeah, we had a laugh. It was like, okay, this guy maybe has no idea what we're talking about. But, like, how do you disprove something like that? You just try and become better. Show them your why. Show them your purpose. Show them what you're doing. Right? And that just helped us motivate us to get to that next point. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we have the edited out jokes, right? We do things that maybe are off kilter a little bit. We do things that aren't, 
you know, within the feng shui of a podcast, if that's even a thing, right? But we do try to, you know, keep it straight and narrow, keep it to the point, and get our message across to the people who are listening. Yes. And I, I think the true listeners realize that what we appreciate, what our guests appreciate, and again, at the same time, our marketing interns notice that we just love living. And we love going through our day and being um, a part of it in a way that feels whole. And this is what we're going through. And we get to talk to you guys about it. And we have an audience that hopefully can feel motivated and feel like they have an hour during their day where they're entertained, yet they are taking stuff away that they can um, put into their lives and, again, feel whole. Yeah, it's really cool to, you know, feel that when you're at work and not really interacting with the podcast or, you know, doing something completely separate, you know, I can come home and you can come home to something that you can just kind of get it out there, right? Something that you're totally feeling inside and you're like, all right, I got to tell everyone about this, right? And I think that's so cool to be able to have something like that, that enables a, like a platform or a medium that enables us to do so. Absolutely. Um, but trapping the puck. Because I say we get to our guest. Oh, let's do it. She, like we've mentioned a few times already, we gave you a little interlude to tell you a little bit about her. She will keep you entertained. She kept us entertained. It was awesome having her in the Washington Den 2.0, first guest. And I'm looking forward to the next one. We were a little nervous to begin with, but we definitely became the back pocket about 30 seconds after that. We broke into our shell. You know, it was a little first, first snap, first game jitters. We were there, we were, we were present, and uh, we crushed it, I think. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly, we crushed it, and I think you guys would absolutely love it. So, let's let's get after it. Enjoy. Marketing interns get locked in. We got a unique and a first guest on this show this week. We have Giselle Ugardi. She's our first ever in-person interview in Washington 2.0. Are you nervous? I'm a little nervous. Am I nervous? Maybe. That's up for debate. Are the marketing interns nervous? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Giselle, how are, how are we doing? How's it going? I'm doing great. Yeah, you're nailing it so far. Okay. Yeah, you got the name pronunciation right. That's half the battle. That's half the... We have gotten that wrong in the past. Yeah. So we're, Too many times. Yeah. It's a trial and error. Yeah, we're, it's we're totally trying fine. To grow. I get it. Uh, but we do know we can ask you anything. As you post on Instagram... Yeah. And our marketing interns now know that go ahead on Instagram, ask, G- ask Giselle any question you'd like. You can. Um, and she'd be willing and able to answer. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like super creepy and uncomfortable and intrusive. But for the most part, no boundaries. That's fair. Yeah. Very nice. We have a question for you. Okay. So let's start us off. You're in Washington 2.0. So we mm-hmm. had a, uh, a studio in, uh, at St. Thomas in the past. And this is our first guest in this studio. We would love to hear some feedback on how you think we've done with the feng shui. What's the gurgling noise? I feel like I keep hearing a gurgling noise. Okay, so, so like a like a slight rattle. It's or no. is it the water? Is it the water? It's, it's the water because uh, one of our roommates right now is taking a shower downstairs. Okay, he just got home from work. <laughs> he actually asked me as I was coming up. He said, "Hey, uh, is it cool if I take a shower?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, don't worry about it." But I should have told him like, "No." <laughs> yeah. but I was hoping you had like an aquarium in here that I didn't know about. Maybe there was like this humidifier that was pumping in some kind of a special mm-hmm. oxygen. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully the audio doesn't pick it up. It, it, it happens almost every single time. It didn't last time. And it has not necessarily, like, only we know that it's on, so hopefully no, we're good. let's keep it that way. Guys, yeah. we're good. Um, but let's Other get... than that, it looks lovely. I'm sitting in this throne thing. Yeah, oh, oh, can you give us two roses and a thorn of, uh, you know, the podcast den in general? 
but more specifically the chair. Anything any anything you have to say about it? Uh, I feel like I'm back in college. Perfect. Good. And I, I I feel like I want more. I want more of this. I want more of you guys in this room. Yes, I agree. Yeah, you know, it's very stereotypical right now, and I want it to be more personal. Okay. I feel that. Yeah. We have a little bit in the back. We're covering it up. It's, it's on us. There's like a collage back here. For our YouTube listeners, yeah. you can see that. Uh, well, you can't see because it's covered, but... We're trying to do. We're trying to upgrade the feng shui and make it most um, appealing for it's our guests. It's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Good. I think you should have a fridge in here. Yes, I agree because yeah. fridge makes. We're now sponsored by Lacroix. Yeah. Hashtag not sponsored, but they're very average. Mm-hmm. We're average. We feel like Lacroix fits right with us. Like, yeah. our mantra. Lacroix has been around for a really long time. Okay. I've liked Lacroix since before it was cool. Like mm-hmm. I was drinking it when I was five, and they had a totally different logo. And my mom was obsessed with Lacroix and this other brand called H two O. But it was OH with an exclamation point. Right they're not around that. anymore. But LaCroix stuck around. I'm really impressed. They're, they're coming out with a couple new flavors. One, I think, is like shy watermelon. Um, shy. A, a hint of hint of mint. Okay. Um, just very, very uh, relaxed flavors okay. because as LaCroix, you can barely taste the flavors. There's a lot of sparkle. I like it. So, it's a lot of kick. Mm-hmm. I like the sparkle. I so call it princess you, water. Were you saying, like, I mean, if you were drinking LaCroix at five, were you the very first millennial? I might have been. Okay. It's very possible. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for leading that charge. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's also mention to the marquee interns, we probably mentioned this in our, you know, our intro to the intro to this interview, but Giselle is the host of the 6 to 10 a.m. show on Go 96.3. She is a, or she was, she's an alumni of USC. Go Trojans, fight on. Big time stuff there. Um, anything else that I'm missing? A curator of confidence, a motivational speaker. To the, the Today Show Australia, you worked for them. I did. Cover Girl, uh, E Entertainment. That I don't know if you'd put that one on your resume. That, <laughs> to me, that was like, wow, I don't know what we're getting into here. Uh, proactive, that was another one. I was like, I'm wow. still in their vending machines. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm still in their vending machines. I got a question. Yeah. They have vending machines. Yes. Are they in... Um, I, I picture them in like airports because I always see like Best Buy. Yeah, airports, okay. uh, shopping malls, like Ridgedale and Southdale. Okay. And so I'm like one of the before and after pictures that's next to where you make your selection of what you want to buy. That's really neat. <laughs> yeah. Well, congrats. That's like Giselle, age 24. I'm like, it's five years later and I'm not getting paid for that anymore. They, but cool. they don't pay you for that. No. Wow. When well, did your it was, contract like, it was like a buyout type of a situation. Okay. It was one of my first jobs. But they have, I think, rediscovered me on social. And one of the casting directors actually recently reached out and they sent me this whole care package. And I'm like, oh, you still love me, thanks. Something. Yeah, it's something. I guess. You can keep that in your back pocket. Yeah. Something we love to keep in our back pocket. Our first question. And this is our favorite question. It's, okay. Sometimes it catches our guests off guard. Okay. Um, it is, what is your average quality? Okay. So explain this to me just to make sure I have it right. So we like to look at it as something you do well sometimes and sometimes you don't do it well. And you realize you're just wildly average, like either parallel parking or doing your laundry, <laughs> something like that. And you're trying to improve on it. Or it's self-confidence or public speaking okay. or something along those lines. Well, fun fact, I'm actually a really good parallel parker. That's not what my average quality is, but you mentioned that. And I feel like it deserves more appreciation than it gets. Not a lot of people have the opportunity to experience that. Because other than that, I'm a terrible driver. But... Um, I think my average quality is that I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable and I'm totally okay and comfortable with sucking at stuff. Awesome. Like I look forward to sucking. I look forward to falling on my face. I think that imperfection is relatable 
And so knowing that I'm okay when I'm not good at something, mm-hmm. and it also challenges me to learn more about it and to get better at it and to want to improve. And it, I think in a sense that helps me to stay humble and want to learn more about certain things and constantly seek out that improvement because I know that there's always room to get better. But I'm totally cool with sucking. And I think more people should be more comfortable with sucking and knowing that it's fine to fall on your face because everybody does it. Yes. And what people don't understand a lot about failing is like the back end of failing. Like obviously right when you fail, right when you suck at something, the initial reaction is, wow, I suck at this or wow, I'm super average at it. And our podcast has really helped Andrew and I identify those things like right away. And you know, the feeling's not great, but when you reflect on that a month from that totally. from that point, or maybe even a week, you know, it depends on the timing, obviously, the validity or the extreme of the failure, you know, it looking back on it, it's like, wow, I grew a lot from that. And I think that is something that people don't always always pick up on. Yeah. And I think that is something that successful people really have is, you know, following all these different people on socials and following like yourself, like figuring out what are what are these people doing that no one else is doing. That's one of the things I picked up is people that are able to learn and grow from simply just, you know, failing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons them. people don't do what they actually want to do. Or even yeah. simple things like working out or losing weight. A lot of people don't want to go to the gym because they don't want to be the worst one in the class or they don't want to be the fattest one in the class. But I get excited about that. Like, if I'm the worst one in the class, I'm like, oh, gosh, this sucks. But I can't wait 30 days from now. I'm going to be the one who's in the front row. And I'm going to be keeping up with the guy who's doing all the burpees. I can barely do a push-up right now. But by the end of the month, like, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it together. So Perfect. And I love that you said that. And we, we have been trying to preach that to our marketing interns. So hearing it from you, yeah, that goes a long way. And hopefully our marketing interns pick that up and start embracing their average qualities. Because that's what we, we want people to do. Is to not, like, push them away. Like, yeah, I suck at it. I'm never going to do that again. But, like, hey, I suck at it. Let's try to get better. But um, back to you and your story. We want to connect the dots because we do our research okay. and we realize you started in Minnesota and then you went out to LA to go to school at the University of Southern California. How did that, how did that happen? Because not many people leave Minnesota once they're in Minnesota. My parents really wanted me to leave. There was a part of me that really wanted to stay. I love the Minnesota Vikings. I always wanted to be a Minnesota Vikings cheerleader. I went to cheerleading camp as uh, a high schooler and loved to dance. And so my thought was, well, I want to stay here and, and do that. And my mom was like, don't do that. Go go somewhere else. Go explore the world. Go see the world. Go see something different. And even being in Minnesota, everyone here, for the most part, generalizing, we don't have a lot of diversity. We want to think that we embrace a lot of diversity, but we don't have any diversity. No. I don't think I fully realized how... Mexican I was until I left and then I was like oh more people look like oh I'm not white oh but I'm not okay this is so weird um so my parents luckily have always been really supportive of every single one of my crazy dreams and have pushed me to explore outside of the big small town that is Minneapolis my dad huge football fan and for some reason he always just knew I was going to go to USC he never forced it upon me he never um you know, discouraged anything else, but he, he always just kind of knew. And I don't want to say that I was rebelling against it, but I just didn't totally see it. And the moment I set foot on campus, I just remember thinking, I could see this. I could definitely see this. And then I remember looking up their dance and their cheerleading programs and USC has a world famous squad called the USC Songgirls. Okay. I looked up on the website and I saw these beautiful women and I was like, I need to be that. I'm going to be that. And I looked at that website and I remember looking at the date and I realized, 
oh my God, wait, today's the deadline to apply to USC. And it was already midnight. <laughs> and I was so close to missing out on that deadline. Um, thank goodness they're Pacific time, so I had two extra hours. But I was really close to missing the window of even getting to apply to USC. And I had just made it. And sure enough, I got in. I got into the journalism school. And it was the best college experience I think anyone could ever have. That's awesome. So what years did you go to USC? So I was at USC from 2007 to 2011. So I caught I caught Pete Carroll, which was amazing. You caught Matt Barkley. Uh, I caught Matt Barkley. So you, you got to see them lose in the Sun Bowl. I, I got to Georgia see Tech. them. Get, get this, though. So when I was a song girl, I never cheered. Oh, so you were a cheerleader. So yeah, so I was a song girl. Oh. I never cheered at a losing game. Very cool. We lost one game this season that I was a song girl, and I didn't travel. And I went to the Rose Bowl and Brazil with Pete Carroll. So that, when I say I had the best college experience ever, I really... You had did, the best yeah. college experience yeah. ever. I did the football thing. I did the cheerleading thing. I did the sorority thing. And all the internships that came along with the Trojan family, which is so real. And going to college in L.A., it's unlike anything else because you kind of speed 10 years ahead. I remember, um, you know, going out and going to Vegas at such a young age. And um, we had we had celebrities and directors come to our classes because you're in the middle of absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And business owners and um, Academy Award winners, and that was just un- unreal. Starstruck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that just, like, kind of kickstart, like, your whole motivation to, like, you know, put yourself out there, you know, like, promote yourself and, you know, kind of be like these people that are coming in. Like, Dr. Dre, like, bought an entire school <laughs> I know. At, United, at USC. Like, I'm sure you met Will Ferrell along the way. Like, there are so many freaking people that graduate from USC, it's absurd. So I'm or they sure, don't, like, and they just love it. Right, that that too. And just like that environment around there, everyone's always drawn to it. That's why living's so expensive, and it's just, you know, like we asked Sarah before this, like, hey, are you? would you ever think of, she's like, I want to move to Texas. We're like, uh, what about California, and what about Colorado? Like, what about these western states? And she's like, well, it's absolutely hell to live there. It's like, okay, now we get it. And the reason because of that is exactly what you're saying. So, I mean, where did you get that, you know, passion? Where did it come from? I always had confidence living in Minnesota because I think I just, I walked to the beat of my own drum. My parents were always really supportive. Um, I went to a really catty school, but I always just knew I wanted to do something bigger and greater. And I wanted to, you know, go to LA and explore. And so with that, I was kind of a loner. And I think I, I established my own confidence within myself. Yes, I still had all the insecurities and the awkwardness that people go through in high school. Um, but I, I was totally cool with the fact that I never got asked to dances in high school. I was totally cool with, um, being competitive or staying into study. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. I wasn't someone who was drinking in high school either. I wasn't going to all the parties. And with that, I went to college and all of a sudden it was this whole new world. Um, I had a terrible ex-boyfriend in high school who told me, yeah, you know, you're a 10 here, but you're going to be a 5 when you go to L.A. Because everyone there is beautiful and smart and going for the exact same things as you are. So I kind of had, like, that wake-up call of, oh, wait, I'm not the best at everything here. And there is competition here. And there are people who look like me here. Here, I stand out like a sore thumb. I have dark hair and dark skin and big brown eyes. And there, it's just, you know, you have blonde bombshells and you have... 
plastic surgery galore and you have tons of exotic looking people. And so in that sense, I had to figure out how to set myself apart and I had to rediscover myself and I had to fall on my face a lot. So yes, I did have the drive and the connections from school and I had, uh, you know, for example, connections to ESPN, which is how I got my first TV start and I got my internship at E from someone who had graduated from USC. But there were still a lot of factors that I think had me falling on my face and getting rejected and realizing, oh, wait, everyone else is getting these jobs and these diplomas and they have this route that you're supposed to take. And here I am wanting to pursue TV and speaking and entertainment and people are treating me like an actor or like a model and like I have no intelligence whatsoever. So how how am I supposed to do that? And it, it took a while um, and it took getting hurt and it took being damaged and I think accepting those insecurities and accepting that I was different and realizing that so much of it isn't about the most beautiful or the smartest. It's about like who's going to work their ass off, who's going to network correctly, who is going to, you know, do learn how to do everything. Um, and that I think helps me to establish confidence when I knew that I had skills that other people didn't. Mm -hmm. And you're in a, you're in an industry where it's all self-presentation. Yep. How do you speak? How you present yourself, the way you carry yourself, all of that all of that plays a role. Um, has there been someone that you've looked up to that's been able to help you with this? Um, has it been a wide range of people? You talk about networking. What has been kind of that journey? You know, I, I think not really. Okay. And that's what made it hard, but also awesome. When I knew I wanted to go to LA, I wanted to, I wanted to be Juliana Rancic. And I wanted to do entertainment news. And I wanted to host E! News. And she is a stick. She's so skinny. And that's so the opposite of my body type. And so I remember, you know, body positivity wasn't as big when I first started. So it was constantly, for me, I think the biggest priority was, like, I wanted to be as skinny as possible. And I wanted to know the lines perfectly. And I wanted to know all the facts about the celebrities. And I wanted to know all of the agencies and the networks. And that definitely helped. But it, it took, I think, um, finding that happy medium of being okay with myself and being comfortable and not getting every line perfect and being able to understand my audience and the analytics. And also keep in mind that I came in this business as TV and digital were starting to merge. And I jumped on digital right away, jumped on Twitter, jumped on YouTube. And that was something that a lot of people didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And agents didn't know how to market me either. I had, um, I had agents wanting to work with me from top agencies and they automatically assumed, like, well, you look like this, so let's put you on the Latino networks. Or you look like this, you should do baseball. I'm like, no, I'm not... People still don't understand that, like, Mexican people don't all look the same. And we don't all speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. And even if we do, that's not what we necessarily want to be. I have a grandmother who had blue eyes and blonde hair. I have cousins who have red hair. I know Mexicans who are Jewish. This whole Mexican-American concept, I think, to, for me anyway, is silly because I've never lived there. So there's no reason why I should be the face of that. And so I think part of my... This is like a very long-winded answer, but I think part of what's helped me figure out my path is realizing, well, wait a minute, maybe I need to be the one. Mm -hmm. I need to be the one who's visible and to show people the differences in that, no, not everyone's as flamboyant and ditzy as Sofia Vergara, who actually is extremely intelligent and why her accent keeps getting thicker, I don't understand. <laughs> but um, 
you know, we, we come in all shapes and sizes and accents and attitudes, and that's just not who I am. And I wanted to try to be that for a while. I laugh at you pronouncing my last name because there was a, there was definitely a year or two where I went around saying that my last name was Ucarte, which historically, yeah, it is. But my family is Tex-Mex. The border crossed them. I've always been Ugardi. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do that because I wanted to fit in, and that's what I thought I wanted that people wanted me to be. And I thought that's what would make me stand out. When in actuality, what's making me stand out is that I am the modern day American who is of Mexican descent. Awesome. Not the other way around. I know you have a question, but I'd like just like to say um, that's awesome that you've realized that people are putting you in a box, and you did not want to be in that box. You felt like what exactly our message that we try to put out is like. There's boxes that society puts out on every single person, and if you really want to portray yourself in an effective manner and show your self-confidence, don't allow that box to be enclosed on you. Break free and promote yourself how you feel like is best, and that I'm awesome. That's proud. Of, I'm proud of you for that, and I hope our marketing interns can take a lot from that. I hope so too, mm-hmm. and I th- and women too. I, I think um, you know it's been. It's hard for some reason, especially in television and and radio, and I'm grateful for the bosses that I have who embrace all of me and support it, but for people to have, you know, a woman um, on a morning show, usually the woman is the laugh track, and she laughs at things, and she's girly, or she's kind of ditzy, and she's either the princess or she's the tomboy. She's either, you know, the chivalrous you know, romanticizing one, or she's super independent and the headstrong one. You can be both of those things, mm-hmm. just as guys can be those things too. And and why we try to put a lot of um, women and genders and um, ethnicities in a box, I don't get it in this day and age. Mm-hmm. When you know that's so not the case and people are more multidimensional than that and why people are so uncomfortable by that and, and they want to be able to figure every little thing out, I don't totally understand it's difficult yeah and i think social media like really helps that in both ways right Mm -hmm. it puts people in the box a little bit more sometimes but at other times it gives a platform for those really individual people like yourself to have an unbelievable platform to get that message out and more times than not there are more people like yourself than there are people that are in those boxes and Mm -hmm. that's just kind of the reality but I want to take you back so you figure out, right? You figured yeah. out that you are not in the box, right? You're not just what everyone says you are. What age were you at, at that point? Did you finish oh, college man. or? It's happened a couple of times. Okay. I, I feel like I've had a couple of those moments where I'm breaking out of the box and I'm like, oh, I'm free. And then all of a sudden I realize there's another box and mm-hmm. I'm breaking that box. Sure. And I'm also then realizing, wait a minute, I put this box around myself. What? How am I, how do I do this to myself and how do I get out of it? And I think a lot of people do that. They put themselves in a box or they want to be the expert in this and then they pigeonhole themselves or they want so badly to be Chrissy Teigen or Gary Vee and and then they lose sight of who they actually are. And I've totally gone through that a few times, especially as I've changed careers. You know, I went from being the entertainment reporter and then all of a sudden I was the beauty expert. And then, you know, it's, it's changed a couple of times and I think it's also become something that's happened with age. And it's also a discovery where I realized, okay, wait, I don't have to be one thing, but I do at least have to be consistent if I'm going to have different things. And it's also been um, with me realizing who my audience is. My audience used to be uh, 30 to 70, male to female. And the age range was about 13 to 17 with those females. And I remember thinking, 
how am I ever going to break out of that? Because I grew up with all boys. I had two big brothers. I love football. I love sports. I love drinking beer. I love chicken wings. How, how do I become something that I can relate to guys to? Because I am a guy's girl. And lo and behold, I made it so that I was conscious of my audience, but not just looking for the likes. And in the last two years, my audience is now 51% male, 49% female. And the age range is 24 to 35. So somehow with me becoming more comfortable with myself and opening up and, and not worrying about all those likes and just putting out content that is meaningful to me, not just because I want people to praise it. Um, it's been a, a growth period and, and a maturity period that it's even just happened very recently. So I'm sure I'll reach another one. Especially with right now, I'm single. If I ever get into a serious relationship or if I ever get married, I'm going to have to go through that again. If I become a mom, I'm going to have to go through that again. Because those are other places that both genders are trying to break different molds of what is commonly seen and understood. Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to one thing, but this will full circle it. But you said something along the lines of digital marketing, social media, and something else came together. Um, It was... TV. TV, yes. Those were coming together. And you, and you said you kind of realized it prior to it actually happening. Um, we, we're, in the, we're in that now. And how do you feel like you are utilizing social media? Because that's something that we're always trying to figure out. Facebook, um, it has the analytics of something that is, it's, you don't like it? I feel <laughs> I like that's because okay. you don't know anything about it yet. We're, well, we're trying to figure, we really don't know anything about it yet either. I feel like they have like just a rabbit hole of things that, um, consumers aren't really aware of yet. Yeah. Um, well, Facebook's biggest thing is they have Instagram. Yeah. And that's that's why Facebook's great. Okay. But anyways, continue. Um, I want to take you to that, and how did that work? How have you utilized social media to kind of enhance your self-portrait? Totally. Well, I must admit that I haven't been consistent since I hopped on that train. There have been a lot of moments where when I was trying to figure out who I was, I got really sick of my online identity. I got really sick of myself. Even with YouTube, was something that I look back and other creators who were putting content up around when I was and my content was more polished and put together, I think had I been as consistent, I would maybe have hundreds of thousands of subscribers as they do. But I just never got so passionate and I also just got sick of editing myself all the time and sick of hearing my voice all the time on top of the actual television career that I was trying to build. Mm -hmm. I've taken plenty of breaks from Twitter. I've taken plenty of breaks from Instagram because I didn't quite understand the purpose. I didn't quite understand the connection because for me it was always dollars or analytics, which I have studied immensely, or it was buyers or pitching to clients, pitching to agents. And so in that sense, I didn't see any value aside from the superficial value there. In the last two years, I've taken a dive deeper because I've looked at accounts that I'm inspired by. And I've also become more confident and comfortable sharing some of the things that a lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about. And that's what we've connected on, whether it's about anxiety or insecurities with your body or loving your body. Um, all those different their growth periods, breakups, relationships, all those different things, um, I've realized that you can actually build meaningful connections online. 
And interestingly enough, I think my first experiences being online back in like the AOL days and the chat room days, I <laughs> did find, yeah, mm-hmm. but I was kind of a loner in high school and I did find people online who I connected with. And I was like, oh, there are people out there like me or you Google search and you would see other people doing things. And so in that sense, it was almost a full circle moment of, well, wait a minute, online can be really awesome. You can use online to inspire, to educate, to connect, to find motivation if you do it correctly. For a lot of people, it's a giant shithole full of political banter and and one-sided conversation and clump bullying and shaming, mm-hmm. and that totally exists, and I hope that I can help to end what that is. And so my value has been, you can get a lot deeper. Even Instagram, I used to think it was completely superficial, and I do love Instagram. I hate Facebook. I know Facebook owns Instagram, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but even Instagram that I used to think was all about the picture, it's where I've established some of the most valuable, meaningful relationships with my audience, some of whom I've never met, some of whom are in other parts of the world. But that's the thing. You can interact with people all over the world who you might not ever come face-to-face with. And as crazy as it sounds, but now with mental illness being so relevant, now with some of the most um, heartbreaking suicides being so public, you really can save a life on social media Mm -hmm. if you use it correctly. And, and if you choose to share beyond just, hey, look at this car, look at these shoes, look at this lipstick, and actually be a little bit vulnerable and use captions in a meaningful way, it, it can be really, really powerful. And you can, you can establish loyal followers, not just the ones who are going to like things, but comment. They're going to trust you. They're going to want to buy what you're selling. They're going to want to see you when you come on tour. They're going to want to meet you and hug you and you're going to grow together. And that's what I think I've been able to do seeing the way that my audience has shifted in terms of numbers and demographics. Yep. And I think our perspective on social media since we started this podcast has completely flipped. We used to think of it as how you were talking about how like, hey, I just went to the Boundary Waters. Here's a picture of me in the Boundary Waters. Now we we look at it as a business. And entirely, with, entirely. And yeah. with that, we have a message we want to put out. And it's like you're saying, it's a, a message we feel like can help people enhance their mood, enhance their lives, their day to day routine with guests such as yourself. And looking at social media like that has completely flipped it. And I like, I love using it now instead of I used to be kind of shy away. I was like, I don't want to show people what I'm doing. I feel like I'm bragging about what myself, mm-hmm. but now it's like, I have a purpose on this uh, platform and I want to actually share stuff that is impactful. Yeah. And what's also funny is like, it's social media, like the word social media actually means something. So when we're trying to, Andrew and I are going to people like, hey, how do you get to a thousand followers? How do you get to 10,000? It's like, like, comment, share. Engage. Like, be engage social. people. Literally be social online. Mm-hmm. Like, it's as simple as that, but with the right people, right? So Andrew mm-hmm. and I had a, we didn't really know our why at the beginning and we were all over the place, but now that we have more of a direction, we push that direction on social media. And the algorithm and how Instagram works just gives it right back to you. It makes mm-hmm. it as easy as possible. So, like, when I scroll through Instagram every day, I see the Gary Vs, the you, uh, like, all these different people. And then the small-time people who have 150 followers. And right. now they are trying to share messages that are really cool. And it's like, these people need to get recognition as well. And yeah. you're starting to hear from them. And you bring them in your social circle. That's a whole other ball game. But, like... People our age that are liking our stuff or just like, you know, our friends or whatever right. that are in college or just graduated from college, like, they're seeing a completely different Instagram than what we're seeing. They're seeing the bar stool, the total frat move, the their friends, their girls in bikinis and, you know, like, funny videos. Like that's, Which can be fine. Which is, yeah, that's not a problem. Right. But, like, when I'm trying to explain, like, when Andrew and I are like, yeah, we post on Instagram every day. We post at least 60 seconds of Insta stories and we utilize all these different things. 
they're like, wow, that's a lot of time to be wasting your life on social media where it's like, no, you got to uh-uh. you go on my phone and see what I'm looking at. Like mm-hmm. totally different platform. You're finding shared values. And I've even met people like some of my greatest friends I've met on Twitter and Instagram just because you see someone else doing something and you say, hey, I see you. And they go, oh, I see you too. I appreciate what you're doing. Let's use this platform for good. Let's better the world. And, you know, it, you're right. It is about reading it differently. Because there are people who I know follow my feed, and even though it's full of positivity and, and confidence boosting, I know that there are people who they look at and they cringe. They think I'm annoying. They think that I'm bragging. Or for whatever reason, it just makes them feel really bad about themselves. If that's you, unfollow me. I'm not offended. <laughs> you know, if, if, you're, if your feed is making you feel bad about yourself then you either need to check where your head's at or you need to start unfollowing a bunch of accounts. Because if seeing your friends fall in love or seeing them post pictures of their kids or their marriages is making you upset, like you're mad that your friends are falling in love and having these milestones, like why? Like that's really, that, that's what's making you upset? Okay, let's, let's, let's figure out like why are you so mad? Why are you so angry? Why are you so jealous? It's not, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. No one does. <laughs> I understand completely what you're saying, and that's been part of the trial and error with social media. Um, that's We're, probably why you hate Facebook, by the way, because it's all. Oh it's no, I love fan. it. Yeah. Well, uh, like why a lot of people hate Facebook. Yeah, a lot it's of people hate Facebook. The it's the families, it's the sharing, it's the politics. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's tough. I hate it because of the algorithms more than anything, but okay. and also because this is a totally separate conversation. But my Facebook account was verified a couple of years ago. And my numbers increased exponentially. I didn't buy any followers, but it's it increased exponentially with that check mark. And it attracted people, particularly men from all over the world, who are really creepy. So every time I sign into Facebook, I get junk messages. And by junk I mean people send me pictures of their junk or videos of their junk on Facebook. Mm. And all of a sudden, I hate Facebook as much as I used to hate Snapchat, which was the same thing. And I, I get anxiety looking at it because I get all these messages. And because I'm verified, they push my posts down. So our morning show page that has not even 1% of the followers that I have on my page gets more engagement than my verified page with a lot of followers because Facebook thinks that because I'm verified and I have a lot of followers, I can give them money. Mm-hmm. So then I'll pay to boost my posts. Versus someone else who they don't have as much engagement. Yep. It's a different conversation. Yep. But yeah, there are some really, really awful people on social media. I get it all the time. Um, and people don't realize that. I, I, dro- I dove in on the morning show last week and, and shared a message that someone I went to high school with sent me. And it was so vile and so disgusting. There are people who are really unhappy with their lives. There are people who are really mentally ill. And you have to choose which one of those are worth engaging with. And, you know trying to figure out why are you the way you are. And there are some people you just need to completely ignore and block and report and delete. Mm-hmm. But That's a terrible situation. It can, it can be a with. bad place, but it can also be a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And I try to focus on the beauty of it. And that's great, though, that you've seen the worst yeah. and are still committed to doing the best. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's really good to hear from someone who has those stereotypes about social media or anything in general. But one thing that you mentioned was, you know, your radio show. Mm-hmm. We got to talk radio. Let's talk radio. Let's talk radio on a podcast. So, Andrew and I... That brings up a great point. Oh, yeah. So, we <laughs> have... Talk, yeah, we're talking radio. You taking this? Yeah, I got this. We're talking radio on a podcast. 
Uh-oh. I'm very curious to hear your opinion. You're a host of a radio show. What is the future of radio? Do you feel like the podcast industry has leverage now and um, is could be gaining a lot more leverage, or is are people not valuing radio enough and they're saying this is still this is here to stay? Radio, I think, is here to stay more than ever. Okay. I don't think it's dying. I think now with home devices and smart devices, you can listen to radio in more ways than just your car, where a lot of people are now putting Bluetooth and whatever they have on their phones. I think that it's just changing. Where your presets used to be AM, FM, it's now, you know, maybe your favorite radio station, maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Pandora, maybe it's a podcast. But it's flipping between the two, and you also notice even with music, you look at the top Shazam songs, you look at the top charts. Artists are all over the place. They're making music on YouTube, they're making music on Instagram. They don't break until they're on the radio. That's just how it is. You can be making money, sure, but in terms of selling out tours and selling out stadiums, you're not going to break unless you have the leverage of a radio station. So with that... You know, there are different formats. There are some radio stations that only play music. We have talk and music. There are some radio stations that it's only talk. There are some radio stations that they type their talk show and then upload it to be a podcast. Or they take snackable moments from it. So now I think there are just more ways to listen. There are more options to listen. And it's just a matter of whether or not you are able to modernize your approach and connect on a multidimensional level. The talent on the radio who they don't understand Instagram, they don't understand Twitter or YouTube... Yeah, if radio is all you can do, like any industry, if you can only do that one thing, you're not going to grow. And that's why, for me, it was so important that I never, I mean, I've never wanted to do just one thing. And I've never just done one thing. So at Go, for example, I'm on the morning show, but I also, from the very beginning, said, I want to see the big boys table. I want to have a leadership role. I want to have, I want to learn about this industry. I want to learn about this business. So that no matter what I do next, I have other skills besides just talking to, into a microphone. Mm-hmm. And behind the scenes. Behind, the, scene, behind yeah. the scenes, leadership, understanding the business of it. And then even still, I still do everything on social media. I still get my own deals. I still get my own gigs. I still travel. Um, I'm still making television appearances. And so I, I just think that there is now a new multidimensional approach that as long as you hop in and as long as you are are open and willing and flexible, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I love how you mentioned they strive, artists strive to be on the radio. They're not finished until they're on the radio. And I've realized that as well with podcasts, um, hosts that have quote unquote made it, they are now on serious satellite radio mm-hmm. or they're on a radio show. They have their own station. They go from podcast to this. And I feel like cause it's established because it has roots that's why it's here to stay, and it has already a founded network versus podcasts is so independent. Um, it's almost like your own little social media page. Yeah. That's your podcast, and then you're on a business. That could be that. That could be viewed in that light as well. Are there parts of it that are going to die? Yeah. You see a lot of shows that are syndicated now. And with that, you know, they don't have to have a person in every single city. They could have Ryan Seacrest air in a ton of different cities. But they still have that financial backing that you at least need to put into a show to make it great and not just good. Yeah, not just this. But that's also really cool, Mm -hmm. though, is that anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. Anybody can do it. You can have another job. You could have this be your job. Anyone can do it. There's no excuses not to do it. And I get mad at myself sometimes because I'm like, why am I not 
doing this? Or why am I not putting up YouTube videos? And part of it is just sanity. But, you know, whenever, whenever people, and I was guilty of this, so I know what that's like, and I'm still guilty of it now. Whenever people say, oh, well, I, I, I want to do this, but I'm going to wait until this and this and this, and I don't just, just do it. Just start getting comfortable with it. Just start figuring out what it is that you want to do. If you're hesitating from a branding standpoint, which is where I am, I understand to some extent because of the internet, certain things live there forever and it can be a little scary, Mm -hmm. but you guys are doing awesome. So keep doing it. Thank you. Thanks. What's really cool though, just to back up and reinforce your radio thing is, or your your statement is 40 from the, I forget what it's called, the Edison review from the first six months, which is like a media platform review. 40% 40% of people in their cars still listen to radio. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's uh, down from 43% the prior year. But the Google Home and the Amazon Alexa, those things, like you said, are like completely bringing those things back up. And what it really turns out to be is, you know, podcasts, it's not competing with radio. It's just another way, it's just another medium to get your message across. And it's a very, very attractive one. More people are starting podcasts now than there are days. It's absurd, and it's growing. Yeah, and it's great that we are already a year into it, and that there are more, far more helpful things to help us make a better podcast than there were even a year ago. It's yep. absurd, but it's all about back to your point. Also, is like you got to just do it. Like Andrew and I, like we, I would say we were pretty good doers before we started the podcast, but we were like, okay, it's February fifth. I remember the day, February fifth, two thousand seventeen, is when we decided to go and buy a podcast mic from Best Buy. This thing right here. This, I have it. This thing. The I blue even have mic. one. The blue mic. It's, yeah. We still use it to this the day. Snowball. Exactly. God bless the snowball and God bless Benny from Best Buy. But, like, we set a time to go do that. Had we never done that, we would have probably never even started the podcast. Probably would have been some half-assed thing. But because mm-hmm. we spent 50 bucks on it, split it down the middle, 25 each, why not, you know? Mm-hmm. And we, we, had a, we had a plan. Like, we literally FaceTimed for maybe an hour talked about like hey let's start a podcast we're both passionate about it why not but like at the end of the day we just went and did it right and you know seven episodes in we didn't really have much it was kind of just interviewing our friends we got the president of our university on which was sweet mm-hmm. we but thought then, we made it from there we but thought we made it we, we opened up a new door of just like yeah okay, it was is... breaking out of another show we're like finally we got someone on that wasn't our friend no way here we go <laughs> but then we hit summer and it was like a year ago from like right around now andrew and i were like who are we? What are we doing? And how do we do it? We put a lot of time into this. So much time in the summer. Let's try to narrow down and figure out what our, right. our purpose is. Okay, guys, what is your why? Um, we just kind of formed into a position statement that we feel like is effective to our mantra. Um, why we ask the average quality question to start kind of sets the mood of who we are and what we're about. Um, our position statement currently stands as average hosts unique collaboration, so with the guests and what we bring. So we do 15 minutes of us beforehand and then 45 minutes of an interview. Um, that's our podcast. And then, oh, in the back end. And in the back end as well. And then our last statement is positive, promote, inspiration. Cool. Um, so that's kind of what we're trying to push across. And hopefully it's connecting with our marketing interns. If you haven't noticed yet, our marketing interns are our listeners. Yeah. Okay. So you got that. Yeah. Okay. Well, how long that. did it take you to get that? Were you confused? Not very. Yeah. Good. Good. So there are people that understand it right away. You wouldn't believe it. It wasn't right? instant, but yeah. But like, yeah. did it, was it like, here's mm, marketing interns. I like I it. Look, I need to look into this. I like it. I need some marketing interns. Those are our word of mouth. That's how we advertise. 
That's the best way. That's the best way. It's a millennial approach. Um, our marketing interns love this question. It's a new question. Um, I'm excited to ask it and see how this is going to affect or what your answer would be. Okay. Um, what is in your back pocket? So we like to frame this question as something that you have mentally um, relied on and consistent with when you're in maybe in a stressful situation. Uh-huh. This is in your back pocket. This is what you utilize. I have a obnoxiously optimistic approach to life. Part of that comes from my mom. A huge part of that is rooted in faith. And I have been in situations where everything is going wrong or I just found out the worst news and I have been on the floor, on my knees, just crying to the point where I can't breathe and yet somehow I'm mustering out. I know it's happening for a reason, but it's going to be okay. It just sucks right now. I just have to go through it. It's going to be fine. I know, like, he's the worst. I just need this moment right now. Like, I know that this... And and that... I say it a lot, but no matter where you are on this journey, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And no matter how much it sucks, you're going to be more than okay. Because that's true. And with age, I become more confident with that. And that's why I'm comfortable with sucking. One of the first things that we talked about mm-hmm. is because I've gotten this far. I've hit a lot of lows. I've hit a lot of disappointments. And I also know that my greatest opportunities have been ones that I never looked for myself. And with that, I just I just know I might not ever figure out what that end, end destination is, but I'm just constantly driven by all of the highs and lows of what that journey is because I know it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And with that, I can be really calm in pretty much any situation. Awesome. Well, I think the question actually came through. It was. It's a good question. We Andrew, should try. Yeah. Andrew, uh, side note, I, th- I think we nailed it. Dude. I think that was good. <laughs> I think you did a really good job. <laughs> that was really good. Also, I want to say what was really good is like, I fully believed you were crying right there. Like that was really good crying. <laughs> like, you don't, That's what I sound like when I cry. Not it is Giselle is not every day you get someone on your podcast who can fake cry like you yeah, do. And so that's really fun. The sound I, is there. I, I enjoy that. Um, and it's also really fun to get someone on who's like now to her FaceTime and you, like your Wi-Fi breaks out and like you you lose it. Yes. Yeah, right? Or you just can't, can't get the recording. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right here. Either way. This I'm is, right here. One thing, one thing that you kind of mentioned too that I just loved was, you know, like you have, you're right where you're supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. We got people who listen to our show. You spoke at demographics earlier. We're anywhere from 18 to 24. That's like our biggest range right mm-hmm. now. Like 60% men, 40% women. Mm-hmm. You'll probably change that because women want to listen to women, I think. So that'll help. We get a lot of men on, but we love having you. Totally. Anyways. Thank you. What are you going to say to those, who do you say to the people who maybe who are in college or in their 20s? You know, in that time frame, like kind of like ourselves, actually, this might uh-huh. be a better question for us. Who'd you say to someone in our situation? Um, if I if I could go back and punch myself in the face, twenty three would probably be the year. Okay, You're I, Michael Jordan, you're very nice. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's it's hard, guys. It really is, and and it's okay, especially when you see people going through all different phases of life during that time there are people who are going to marry their high school sweetheart and you're going to wonder why haven't I met the love of my life or there are people who are going to be making a lot of money right out of the gate or maybe their parents have money and you're going to be super duper jealous about it or there are going to be people who 
opposite. They avoided the corporate life and you're going, oh, I should have done that or I should have traveled or I should have done. There's that. It's super easy to compare yourself to everyone else because no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you need to remember that no one knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> and that's for sure what I went through. And I tried to battle it through a lot of partying <laughs> excessively and I did travel a lot. I did work my ass off, don't get me wrong, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do all of those things. But um, but I definitely went through a lot of insecurity and just know that you're going to get through it in those moments where you're wondering what the fuck. I promise the light is there. I heard a really cool analogy the other day, and it was um, you're, you're digging and digging and digging for water, but the water, there might actually be a water fountain like 10 feet away. Like you're digging in the sand and you're digging in the dirt and you're trying to find water in there, but the water fountain might actually be within 20 feet. You just have to look around and be open-minded because a lot of things are going to go wrong. What you planned out for yourself might not be what you're meant to do. I've had to start over a lot. I definitely dated the person who I thought I was supposed to marry twice. I definitely had, I had my dream job. You know, I set out to be this entertainment reporter I had my dream job at the Today Show Australia, um, a dream job that I didn't even know I wanted, but all of a sudden I was at this network uh, making more money than I had before, and I woke up just going, what am I doing? Like, trying to figure out how I could get out of that, um, and and wondering, well, wait a minute, like, I've worked so hard for this, this is all I've ever wanted, why don't I want it anymore? And it's okay, it's okay to hit the reset button. I think they say on average millennials change jobs like 10 or 11 times. Maybe not even millennials, but I think millennials because I feel like a lot of our parents had the same job for like 25 years and maybe changed jobs twice or they had babies or whatever. Well, those are bosses too, right? Like I work, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm a corporate guy right now. I don't, define me for what you will, but a lot of, of my bosses are like 12 years, 25 years, 30 years, mm-hmm. like first employees at this company, like been here forever, vouch and like you're looking up to these people as like giants, right? Yeah. It's absurd. And, and I look at you, too, where you have this job that you go to every day, and yet you have this awesome potential business venture just that you do when you go home. The whole idea of having another stream of income or a, a hobby that you love, even the idea of loving what you do and, <laughs> and going to work and finding purpose in work besides just taking home a check, that's also a different kind of an approach that wasn't as easily accepted, even though it's existed, but it wasn't necessarily something that I think our parents ever went for mm-hmm. in the way mm-hmm. that a lot of us do. Not everybody does. And that's the other thing, too, that you need to realize at that age is that success is defined differently by different people. Happiness is defined differently by different people. What your coworker looks for in a workday could be very different from what you look for, and that could be where conflict is. So just, you know, it's going to suck. I'm just going to, I'm going to warn you. It's, it's going to, you're going to, you're going to hit a quarter life crisis at some point. It could happen at 21. It could happen at 31. You're going to hit it at some point and just know that if you're willing to get through it, you will, mm-hmm. and you'll be better because of it. And, and you'll have a, a stronger sense of self because of it. Absolutely. It's all about perspective. Yeah. Thank you for that advice. Yeah. Um, now specifically more advice for the back pocket. We have Game Alert. Game. 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 Okay. All right. So here is a game that we played in the past. This is um, 
advice for us. Now, specifically with you, we have never had um, a strong standing woman such as yourself to ask, to ask advice for. Okay. Um, so my first question would be, you are the first person such as yourself to be on the back pocket. How can we get another guest such as someone similar to the attributes that you brought to our, the table today? I mean, I'm pretty awesome, you guys. Um, <laughs> How do you do it? Right. That's the, that's the really awesome part about social media, is that you can reach out to anyone. Mm-hmm. The number of followers that you have, it, it doesn't make you any better or less than. That's another lesson that I think is so important to learn, is that you're not better than anyone, and no one is better than you. Um, I'm going to be actually opening up for Gary Vee when he comes to town in August. And that's one of the things that I want to open up with is with social media and with the networking opportunities that are available to us now that weren't in the past, you can reach out to anyone. It's just a matter of actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And the most valuable connections might not necessarily be the Gary V's or the athletes or the celebrities or the big names, the most valuable connections that you make and the most valuable lessons that you learn might be coming from someone who lives down the street from you, who was in a class with you, who graduated next to you. That could be your future investor. That could be your business partner. It's, it's not the matter of just finding someone who, who has a big name or a big following. I think life experience comes in a lot of different forms. And so you guys just have to keep asking yourself, what is your why? And find people who line up with what that why is and whether they are here or across the world. You have these awesome marketing interns who can vouch for you and speak for you and get people to buzz about you. Because we get that all the time, too, with artists saying, hey, will you play my record? No, probably not. But if I hear from a lot of people that you're awesome or if I see videos of you performing or if I see that you're getting a lot of plays on Spotify, I'll listen to it and then I might pass it on to our program director. But you or your mom writing me a note and sending me a CD, that's not going to do very much. You need, to, you need to tell me your why. You need to tell me who you are. Just sliding into the DMs and asking me to do you a favor when I don't know anything about you, that's not going to capture my attention. Mm-hmm. But being visible, having a social media presence like you guys have, having this whole archive of footage of audio and video and showing that you have substance and that you have meaning and matter and that you have a goal that's greater than yourselves, that's going to speak for itself. Awesome. That's fantastic. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Well, uh, diving more into advice for Andrew and ourselves, so, or myself. Andrew's got a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. Not to brag on any platform here but we have girlfriends however we still don't understand women and it's been a battle what we want to talk to you about is just a couple different battles and things that go in our head from time to time let's talk about it i'll start are you ready to dive in I feel like you guys are more uncomfortable than I am with Andrew this conversation. Sweating. I'm, I'm <laughs> ready. I'm, I'm, I'm introing. Is I'm it intro- hot in here? <laughs> I'm introing it, so I'm like, I've already mentally prepared for this. Okay. Andrew's like, oh, we're really doing this Okay. I, I just got a little hotter, but it's all right. Okay. We'll play through it. You- How long have you guys been dating? Um, I've been with my girlfriend for nine months. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like a year and four months. Okay. 16 months. Okay. Okay. All right. That's what you do with babies, right? Babies are like, you, you say they're month until a certain time. <laughs> no, certain time, yeah, yeah. Relationships. There's, no, say. but there's a big difference. Did you just compare Sierra to a baby? But you know, I was a little <laughs> nervous at first, but it makes sense. I jumped to them, but then if you, li- if you hear them out, it does make sense. Okay. Hi, my 
I've been dating my girlfriend for 60 months and we don't have a kid, but like if when my mom was talking about me when I was 18 months years old, she wasn't saying he's one month, one and a half years, years old, old. Okay. 18, 18 months old. Sorry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Side note. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, we've, let's this get, has let's been a debate it. in my head for a long time. <laughs> what is the difference between leggings and yoga pants? Oh, and is there a difference? Well, there are various levels of that. Oh, no. There, well, there are just plain leggings, which I think are clothing that you wouldn't want to work out in, and they're kind of like a thicker tight mm. that you can't but kind of can see through. And then there's yoga pants, which they're made to work out in. You can do other things in them, and they're a lot more flattering. Okay. Usually. Mm. But... Okay. Why do you ask? That's what I want to know. We, there was a comment that was made amongst our friends, I don't know, a long t- like six months ago. Very long. It stuck with me. And someone was like, you can't... It, it, I was like, they're the same thing. Like, leggings and yoga pants sound like the same thing in my small brain. And she, I was reprimanded. So I just wanted to clear the air, get it off my chest, and I don't have to ever think about it again. I mean, I'm not mad about it. No, I don't think anyone's mad about it. I think that was, like, really bad content, what we were just talking about. But, you know, maybe. <laughs> it, it was more for myself. I'm sorry. Hmm. I'll put it up. Maybe someone, maybe another marketing intern. A good warm-up Was question. scratching yeah. his head, and now he's feeling a little better about himself yeah. or herself. Uh, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, when a special event rolls around, maybe it's an anniversary, a month anniversary, mm-hmm. or it's Valentine's Day, something mm-hmm. along those lines, um, I am, I lack the creativity mm-hmm. to think outside the box. I'm like, uh, I'll get her... Like flowers and chocolate, like I just I'm small again, small brain, and I want to be more creative. Uh-huh. Um, do you have advice in that realm? Listening. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. But but it's it's changing the way that you listen, and usually this is a general thing, but I think this goes both ways. Usually, a significant other knows how and when to drop hints. Mm. It's just a matter of whether you actually listen to that. For example, if she says that she's always wanted to go blank. She's always wanted to try blank. She always has wanted to buy blank. Uh That's Mm. when you can start to listen. So so they're trying to make it easier for our small brains. Yes, you're overthinking it. Okay. You're overthinking it. Mm -hmm. Or... And, and you guys probably do it, too, in different ways you just don't realize. But some people just suck at gift-giving. Like, mm-hmm. they really... Some, some people just really suck at gift-giving. I always appreciate a handwritten card. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. You could get me the world, but if you forget the card, it means nothing. Okay. Okay. What I about, love cards, by the way. Yeah. My dad has, like, drilled that into me. He always writes me handwritten cards, so, like, all through college. So it's kind of, like, been... I've been brought up in the card realm. Good. So I, I'm a part of I believe what you're saying. Andrew. <laughs> I've done something right. There you go. Yeah. Also, thank you cards for anyone out there. Like, if your parents didn't drill, like, after birthday, Christmas, graduation, if you're not writing thank you cards, you're wrong. Simple as that. Yep. Speaking is. of cards and handwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, back to, uh, I, I have been having troubles with clothing, I guess. Um, my next question is, what are your thoughts on skorts? Skorts? 
Do you remember those? Yeah. Uh, so now that already kind of answered my question. So they're not. I, yeah. No thoughts. No thoughts. Okay. No thoughts. So we had a business venture. Andrew, you can go in. Yeah, our business venture was back pocket squirts because <laughs> they're, I mean, we are a couple of average hosts. Our mantra is um, preaching your average qualities and squirts are pretty average clothing products. We were thinking of bringing it back. Bring it back. You're overthinking it, I think. Yeah. Well, what we were thinking... I appreciate it, but... That was one of our earlier ideas. Do you guys know about the love languages? Yeah, it's like quality time... Oh, gosh, you guys! No, I don't like quality time, physical, saying stuff... Compliments, reaffirmations... That was so off. No, you were, though. Um, quality time, wait. Write these down. Physical touch. Yeah, physical, so that we, I need a visual. Physical touch, compliments, mm-hmm. reaffirmations. What's reaffirmation like? Hey, I love you. It, no. Yeah, it's like giving, letting them know that they're doing the right thing. Okay. Quality time, acts of service. Acts of service. Okay. So, I've actually realized that love languages, which people recognize amongst romantic relationships, actually translate into professional relationships, especially when you're in close quarters with your coworkers. You would never physically touch your coworker, but in terms of, um, so love languages, it's all about, well, I mean, if you want, yeah, maybe. Um, that's our handshake. That's fine. That's appropriate. That's physical touching. But some people give love and receive love in different ways. Okay. So where you... For you, my love to give compliments and reaffirmations in your cards, mm-hmm. your significant other might actually appreciate when you do nice things for her unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Like, which one? What category is that? Is that acts of acts service? Acts of service. Okay. Yeah, she she might prefer that you, I don't know, help her clean her house or help her clean her car. I mean, you don't live together, so it's going to say like do the dishes. Or, like, do chores around the house. Well, those are still applicable things. Mm-hmm. Which are all great. Make the bed. But there, but I, I would just suggest that if you're not familiar with the five love languages, go look at them, see what your love language is, and also see what maybe people around you use love languages, because it could actually help you more effectively communicate mm. or ask them to do things for you or, okay. you know. Anyway, that's, I, that's a whole other conversation that we don't need to get into right now. This is, like, totally eye-opening. Thank you for sharing yeah. this. I would like Just take to, the quiz. There's a quiz I online. I take the quiz, okay. but I'm kind of realizing I'm acts of service. Like, personally, that's what I like. Like, just noticing when my girlfriend makes the bed when she leaves or mm-hmm. cleans. Like, that, like, I'm a cleanly person. She has different variations of cleanliness. And when she does that, I'm like, thank Yay. you. Like, yes. So, that I think she knows yeah. that about me, too, because she does that. I've noticed she does that a lot more now. So, yeah. thank you, Faith, if you're listening. Yeah. Because I know you are. Probably not, but she might be. <laughs> Sierra's is quality time. That's my girlfriend, Sierra. Yeah. She likes Got quality that. time. She's told me that multiple times. That's why I know. I don't know what mine is, though. That's, I'll have to do some digging. I'll, I'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> Last form of advice. Um, with girlfriends, and just with people in general, this doesn't just involve girlfriends, but the, the word fine comes up a lot. Like, I'm fine. How you, you doing? How you doing? Fine. How, how's today? Fine. <laughs> you just, that's a word, it's super easy to use, and um, it's hard to figure out the meaning behind it, the tone they're using it. Do you have any suggestions on how to, again, I know you're, it might be listening, mm-hmm. because that goes a long way, but um, maybe it's a different question, mm-hmm. maybe it's something along those lines, but I'd love some advice. Yeah, uh, my approach is, at this point, I don't have time for that. Figure it out. Okay. Um, 
really, honestly, mm-hmm. if, if you are using fine, if you are being passive-aggressive and you can't use your words, that's probably one of the most annoying things to me. You're, mm-hmm. you're good or you're bad. And if you're going to say that you're bad, explain it if you can. Mm-hmm. Or at least, you know... And I know that sounds like a little a little blunt, but um, I, I just don't I don't like that. I, I just think that you should be able to take ownership of your feelings. And yeah, there are going to be bad days that you have, but you still need to figure out how you are going to handle that. Because at the end of the day, you have control over your emotions. And I, I hate, especially in professional settings, when you take out any type of anger on other people, whether that's someone who you come across with in traffic or someone who you come across in the office. You need to be able to get control over whatever that is. It's not going to be easy every day, and sometimes you do have to put your game face on, but knowing how to put my game face on, you put it on, and then try to smile through it. And Mm -hmm. hopefully smiling through it will help you at least have a better attitude that you can put it on hold for a second. And if you just can't, then you need to be able to stand up for yourself and figure out what it is that you need to get through that day. Hey, um, you know, for example, for me, I'm stuck in a room with two boys all day long, and we have to put on a show, and we have to perform. And now, look and then you. you get stuck in another room with two boys. And, I'm, and yeah. I love it, but <laughs> but you know, but you can be on. I I've learned to take ownership ownership of it, or I will handle it in my own private time. Um, so I will let them know. Hey guys, you know what? I got some really bad news last night. I'm really not feeling great. I'm going to do the best that I possibly can. I might need just a little bit of help from you. It's so important that you learn how to ask for help and you learn how to ask what you need and you don't assume that people know how to read those feelings. When you say that you're fine, okay, fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. You, need to, you need to be able to verbalize what it is that you need and if you can't, you need to be able to figure out how to manage and compartmentalize those emotions so that you can hopefully deal with them later and they don't keep building and building and building up and then taking over and then crippling whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love thank that. You. Yeah, thank you. I think uh, you used our saying of the month, kind of, uh, to one girl say fine. Don't even. Yeah, don't even. Don't, don't even. Don't even. Saying of the month. Yeah, saying yeah. of the month. Don't even. Yeah. I, I once, this is going off on a tangent, but I once, um, I had an ex-boyfriend who was mad at me, no joke, for two days. And could not explain why. Ultimately, it was because I ate one of his french fries. But he would not admit that it was because I ate one of his french fries and he was just having a day. Uh-huh. So he pulled out every other thing. Why couldn't you just, like, why can't you just explain what it is? Because I think forgiveness is so important. You're going to apologize at some point and get over it anyways. Let's just hurry, hurry up that process. Let's work, let's, let's work together because we all know what it feels like to have a shitty day. We all know what it feels like to, like, get sucker punched by something. And there are those fine lines in the workplace where you're not really sure what's appropriate and what is and what's not. But as an adult, you need to figure it out. And you can't be passive aggressive. That is one of the most unattractive qualities in any person. Awesome. Thank you. Love that. Fine. We're going to remove that fine. from our fine. vocabulary. Get out of here. Yeah, you. get rid of the fine. Don't even. Yeah. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Uh, but trapping the puck and bringing us to our final questions. So uh, this is, a, again, a new kind of segment that we want to implement because this is, goes along the lines of listening. Um, do you have any questions for us? So, so you just sat down with us for roughly an hour. I was curious if there's anything that you'd like to ask us at this point. Well, I asked you guys what your why was, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Where do you want to take this podcast? Would you like to 
Yeah, I think now that we have our why, now that we have a goal, we have a plan. Andrew and I sit down, meeting Monday, hashtag meeting Monday, every day. And every just, Monday. Every Monday, meeting Monday. And, you know, we hash everything out. Like, it's starting to form into something that's, like, kind of a business, right? It's not full-time, right, obviously. But I think the goal, per se, would be to have, like, a media company, have, like, the back pocket media where we could have... Not people under us, but people with us, like yourself, like not the Gary Vee's. I keep I hate using his name; it's just so stigmatizing. Obviously, um, just people like that, like that we meet and that we could have as a family, as a back pocket media that can just produce this great content and change the world. And like, it doesn't even have to be like motivational speaking. It could be like learning about stem cells and like how we can push yeah. people in that direction, or and like influencing. Right? We want to influence in the right way. We want to influence people right, left up, down, we want to influence people in the right way, you mm-hmm. know, and there isn't necessarily a right way for everyone, there's right ways for different people, and that's why you have different people in your in your media company, right, to push people in those directions for people to connect and go that direction, Andrew? Yeah, no, you said that spot on, and one thing that I would add is the direction of influence that we like to go about it, because it's a huge market, right, everyone wants, not everyone, but there's a market of influencers and motivators out there. Um, how we want to attack it is by that average quality. We feel like you kind of, well, you were curious. You saw that on the question list and you reached out to Sarah and then you asked us the same question. Like, what exactly were you meaning by that? And when that happens, we love it because then we have a chance to explain it. And uh, the average quality importance is hum- it's the um, humble realization of your average. You may suck at this. Now I understand this. You have self-awareness. You can, you can grow from it, embrace it, and be a more whole person, a better version of yourself. And I feel like that kind of message, not many people preach an average quality, quote unquote. So if we can find an influencing market through that, then I think we have made it in my mind. You you both said touch on something valuable, which is another lesson that I think millennials need to be more aware of. And that's that everyone isn't your competition. This world is not trying to work against you. You are not, you are only a victim of your own circumstances. I think you, learn to realize when you become more comfortable with yourself that the people around you can actually be allies and support if you surround yourself with the right people and if you're also willing to give of yourself. I think my most successful years have been ones where I've given, expecting nothing in return, and it's paid off in different ways. So there's room for everyone, and it's a matter of am I going to see you at the top or from the top because that's ultimately up to you. Then I think my last question is just, how can I help you guys? Well, I would love to stay connected. Using you as a resource and us as well, we would love to help you out in any sort of way um, going forward, social media, um, going along the lines of promoting you you and what you're trying to promote. I love how you're using um, social media for the anti-bullying movement. We can start trying to push that as well um, and join that movement. Um, Be more vocal with the voice that we have already. Um, Anything else you'd like to add? Um, any connections that we ask this to everyone usually off here, but any connections that you have that you're like, dude, these guys would thrive on the back pocket. Those kind of people get us in touch. We don't really care who they are, right? <laughs> Anybody is great for us and like great content. You know, that's all we're for. And I'm, I'm sure you have those connections. But yeah, just we uh, last week when we asked this question, um, he was a guy from Australia who did stem cells and, or in just passionate guy and talked about you and me right by the end of it he was like i just want to follow you guys like i want to be in your guys' social circle like 
I'm like, all right, we'll sign you on as a mentor. You know, just kind of yeah. funny way to go about it. But like having that mentor aspect relationship, that's kind of what we're, we love to have with you. It's just like mm-hmm. a mentorship relationship where you can give us advice. It's just a nice back and forth. Everyone, everyone wins type scenario. Yeah, totally. I wish I mentioned to you guys, you know, I, I wish that I had more mentors and people to look up to. And I've had a lot of people who come to me seeking for advice or one of my biggest pet peeves, can I pick your brain? I'm like, Oh gosh, I love, I love being that mentor to someone. And I love helping people to grow and find themselves and establish confidence. I mean, that's part of what my whole brand is, but I think there's something to be said of when that person who is asking you, that's part of why I love Sarah above other interns is there is a sense of entitlement that people sometimes come at you with. And it's awesome when you see people who you can tell like they're working hard and they're going to take my advice and they're actually going to listen to it. And I might even learn something from them. Or, you know, these are people who you know they're doing something right and you know they're coming from a good place, not just I want to take, 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 take. Mm -hmm. And that's really valuable. And understanding your approach when you are reaching out to those people and having a a good why, not just I want to make more money, not just I want your black book. You know, I've actually had someone who said, like, can you please list, can you please give me all of your contacts? Like, they actually said, like, will you please give me all of your agency contacts? And can you tell me how exactly you got from, like, point A to point B and, like, listing them out, listing them out? And not in a way that was, like, conversational and very, like, wait, what? I don't, what? <laughs> so, you know, just just be comfortable in your approach, but always be humble in your approach. And, and even if you're on the other side, just knowing, like, you're not that cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not that cool. We're average. We're ordinary people. We're all ordinary people. With extraordinary commitments and passions. Exactly. Amen. That's that's the interview. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Thank you, guys. That was fun. And that was our interview with Giselle. Thank you, Giselle, for coming on. I know you have a very busy schedule being the host of a 96.3, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. I mean, you had to get up early the next day, but thank you. You crushed it. We were so happy to have you in the den, and uh, I think our marketing interns came away with a lot of golden nuggets there. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have said it any better. I'm excited for her to open for Gary V August 3rd. For anyone that wants to go, I'm going to go. Andrew, you're going to be in at Lollapalooza. You know, allegedly. Allegedly. Who knows what we're going to be. But, you know, good for her, man. She gets to be opening for Gary V. That's a big accomplishment. So good for her. Let's get after this back end. I'm excited. Yes. So thank you this far. For all the marketing interns that have made it this far, it's a long podcast. What do we have? Like hour, like 20, hour 30. You guys have made it this far. You, you look guys, a little tired right now, Jack. I played 18 round, eighteen holes of golf today. Yeah. So, fun. You're fun. You, you, you look a little tired, but hey, your energy has not stopped. I love it. Thank you for providing me with some uh, a boost because your, your smile, your enthusiasm always enhances the mood. Right on. I know our marketing interns can feel it, but let's, let's kick it to this back end. We do a what did you learn and feel good story. We're never going to cease to stop telling you that because this is how the back end works. We are consistent. It's imperfect at sometimes, but constant imperfect action has a way to end up resulting in some really cool things. It's got a spot and it's in the world here. Mm-hmm. Constant imperfect action has a spot in this world. It's here to stay and we're reinforcing that. So who wants to go first on this? What do we learn? I can start us off. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned in the very beginning of this podcast, I was going to talk to you about my job mm-hmm. and... Um, 
What did I learn? Wait, can I ask you? Sure. How was your first week? I absolutely love my job. I am outside from roughly 9 to 4. I am cleaning lakes in Lake Minnetonka and all of that little west Twin Cities area, all those lakes over there, with my older brother, with uh, a good friend, and my boss. Well, there's four of us in the truck, and then there's about 20 employees that sometimes we're all together, sometimes we're separate. But the whole time I am locked in, I am loving being outside, being with my brother. Um, you know, at first I was like, I, you know, I just graduated college and I'm going to be going to this job. And I I can see it in people's eyes. What are you going to be doing this uh, after college? And I tell them I'm working at this company, I'm doing this. And that you could tell that they're like, oh, you're, you just graduated. You just spent this much money. You're going to be doing that. Really? (laughs) And I'm, I, at first I felt a little embarrassed, but then I realized what did I learn from the football program? What did I learn in life? Never be embarrassed, never quit, never complain. And, um, with this job, it has brought me just pure joy. It's only been one week. So, you know, I can't just like say this is the best job in the world because that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying when I'm there, I'm living in the moment, I'm loving it. And I'm tired of reacting the way I did in the past of like disappointing to myself. I'm stoked that I'm doing something like this. And then I come home and I get to podcast for the next three hours and figure out where am I going to take this business? I have two full-time jobs right now and I am in a great spot. Yeah. That's what I learned. I think the fact that you're able to have, just have positivity about all of it, right? I mean, people could be in your shoes and just be like, wow, this sucks, right? I have to go clean weeds for ten hour, eight hours a day, right? Whatever mm-hmm. it is. But the fact that you have positivity about that and you can leverage that to make yourself better every single day is powerful, man. That's awesome. Like, It's great that you are able to just attack with positivity because such a good drug. Con- what does Giselle say? She said something like uncandid optimistic approach to life something along those lines yeah just like a not give a fuck attitude pretty yeah. much it's just like have positivity and i don't give a shit about what you're talking yeah. about yeah by the way this podcast will be explicit nice um we, we've enabled we, that yeah you 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 uh continued it yeah it was already explicit and then you put your stamp down saying yeah it's now saying explicit. confirmed yeah right. right what did you learn decky that's awesome so i learned you know coming back to your football quote which is you know applying football to your life like if you're if you played football and aren't applying what you learned in football to your life, you're wrong. Go back, reflect. Sports on, in general. Sports in general. But, I mean, we played football. We, we know what that's all about. But, yeah, sports in general. Look back in your sports and understand what you learned from that. Apply it to your life now. Simple as that. Do it. Anyways, what I learned when you were speaking about football is football is a lot like life. And I never realized, never realized it more than, like yourself, than when I started working. And what I realized is, like, yeah, I showed up. And, you know, we talked to our other roommates like, oh, you guys got a lot of responsibility. And their response is, no, I don't have a lot of responsibility. I'm in that same boat, right? I'm on a $230 million job. The company's worth over a billion dollars. I just started with this company five weeks ago. Do you think they're going to hire hire me on and give me the starting quarterback job? I think they're going to hire me on and give me responsibility that's more than, you know, most You've earned? I've earned. No, like you have to earn your responsibility. And I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, like, no, I, I don't deserve any of this. And I have to work for it to get that responsibility. And that's just kind of how life is. And you have to soak that adversity when you kind of get treated like shit a lot of the times. And you just kind of have to deal with it, right? But, like, do you think um, they would they would just, like, was I ever, you know, a lot of people probably come in and thinking, like, oh, I need to be that starting quarterback right away. You know, and it's it's not the reality in the you know the quote unquote real world. It's not that's just not how it works. You know, they 
there are people relying on you to do a good job. Yeah, when I F up, is that a million dollar hit to the company? No, but could four be. or five. Yeah, it could be, but most likely no. But understand that your impact means a lot more than a million dollars to people because your long-term projection and where you want to go in life is worth a lot more than just a million dollars to that company. Mm-hmm. So just understand, and that's kind of what I was coping with, was like, just do the best you can and do everything with a positive attitude and do everything to the best of your ability, and you're going to profit in some way that's more than your F-up, more than your screw-up. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now, but I realize that in football where it's like, when you come in as a freshman at football, you get shit on. It's the same thing, same process. You don't get treated with any respect. And you come in with this big ego, right? You came in from a senior in high school and for us, a senior in college, you know, just graduated, you know, feeling good about life. Mm-hmm. Take a couple weeks off, go go to Hilton Head with the boys, come back, you know, and then you get your ass kicked, right? That's life, man. You got to soak that. You got to take that adversity and go with it. So mm-hmm. that's what I learned. It's, it's constant. It's going to keep happening no matter once you feel once you feel like you made it, something else is going to hit you in the face and you got to be like, all right. That's what it was. I got to take that punch and I got to roll through it. Um, that's what, Those are really cool what did you learn. I hope our marketing interns really appreciated that. Uh, let's move on. Trap the puck. Hit us home with a positive note. This week's feel-good story has to be about our main man, someone that I strive to be like at times because he's been uh, a great co- uh, teammate, a great friend, is Brian Tierney and what he's going off to right now. Yeah, we have talked about Brian Tierney. BT's probably been the feel-good story mm, two or three times. I'm going five, I think. Five times. Yeah. Goodness me. Five times before BT has been the feel-good story, but there's a reason BT's the feel-good story. You know, BT's never listened to our podcast. We're not we're not going to uh, fake this for the marketing interns. He's never listened to our podcast. But what we will say is he's been a great friend to us, and he's committing his life to service for our country he is in the works of being one of america's heroes in the united states navy and he leaves in by the time you guys listen to this he will already well he will be on his flight bt has left to serve our country yep well he hasn't left yet he by the time they listen though exactly bt i have in the show notes bt has left to serve our country bt has left to serve today's june 2nd correct bt has left to serve our country so Mm -hmm. Feel good about BT and understand that you, America just gained another hero. It's all about perspective. What's your What's your mission? What are you going to be doing? Why are you doing it? Reflect. Have a little bit of more awareness. Start appreciating that there are boxes. Love that box. But I'll just burst out of that box and be something different. Just for once, man. Just just try it. Just do it, man. And, you know, BT's doing it. He's going to be living in a submarine for like six months at a time. Would you want to live in a submarine for six months at a time? Six months at a time, probably not, but PT's doing it for you, so understand that, and understand that there are opportunities in life that uh, you got to take account of, because, you know, an opportunity loss is never regained. So this week, Andrew, what are we thinking? Give him an opportunity, any opportunity you get this week, marketing interns, go make the most of it. Seize it. Seize it, dude. That's the best you can do. Next week, podcast 57. We, again, we got a major guest. We're super stoked about it. We won't tell you yet, but good luck. We love you guys. Take care. Take care. Love you. <laughs>